listening to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on zarapedersen.com. Welcome to the show. Salam Doll and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. As some of you may be aware of already, I do consider myself a bit of a mental health advocate and that's because I have lived my most of my entire life having anxiety and depression to a large extent as well. And so through my work, both with clients and the stuff that I put out uh, on my podcast, on social media and everywhere else has to do with how we can raise awareness around mental health disorders, making it more normal to speak up about these disorders, and also how we can relate back to the world and how the world can best relate back to us. And so today we're speaking on high functioning anxiety. Today's guest is someone who's dealt with it uh, as pretty much like me her whole entire life. And I'm very grateful for her for coming on today on the show and being very honest and sharing her experience uh, living with high functioning anxiety. So before I introduce today's guest, I'm just going to explain a little bit about what high functioning anxiety is because this is a term that I wasn't actually even aware of a couple of years ago but is now something that I'm like recognizing that I, I I have this I have high functioning anxiety so high functioning anxiety means that on the outside from everybody else looking in you appear to be a person who has everything together you know you appear successful you appear like you have a good perspective over your life you appear calm you appear really good in social settings you 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 know from the outside looking at you most people would say this is a person who doesn't have a whole lot of problems in life you know <laughs> in another way of, of saying it but internally for someone with high functioning anxiety you're still going through all the symptoms of having anxiety so you're basically still experiencing very much anxiety so that means that you have a lot of the uh, feelings of impending doom you have a lot of fear in you you have a lot of forward anxious thinking you experience all the physical symptoms as well of having anxiety like the rapid heart rate, the gastrointestinal distress, you're experiencing sweating, uh, extreme fatigue, dizziness, disorientation, all of those things that basically go with having uh, anxiety. But again, as I said, on the outside, it may appear as though uh, you're functioning at a high level compared to a lot of other people. So the thing about having high functioning anxiety is that for a lot of people, they don't necessarily know that they have high functioning anxiety. So they feel like they have to make a lot of excuses for themselves. Oh no, I know I'm getting a lot of things done, but actually I'm suffering. A lot of people feel like they can't really trust it when they say they have a lot of anxiety. So there's a lot of conflict for people who suffer from high functioning anxiety because they don't necessarily look outwardly as somebody who's struggling, even when they are. And this is why it's so important to make a, a point of highlighting high-functioning anxiety as well and talking about this uh, particular disorder uh, or this type of anxiety. And that is uh, why today's episode is very close to my heart and I'm very, very, very happy to be able to welcome today's guest. So today I'm speaking to Rhoda Imam. Rhoda is a homeschooling mom of three. She also is a business coach and the co-founder of the sustainable fashion brand Lakara Designs London. 
Rhoda is passionate about all things mindset, motivation, and mental health. And because she's lived most of her life with high functioning anxiety, she's come to a point now where she's learning about how to live with it successfully, as well as comfortably opening up about it and helping to inspire others to live their best life despite of it. I am absolutely excited about this conversation today. So I'm not going to continue blabbering on and instead I am going to go straight in for the interview. I hope you enjoy. Rhoda, assalamu alaikum. How are you? Wa alaikum salam. I'm doing well, Zahra. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> you know, other than the technical difficulties that we've I know. had. I know. We lost our hour. It always happens like, when you actually want to get things done. So yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's just, there's no way around it and it is what it is. And yeah. I, I keep like having like a little bit of a laugh with my guests on this podcast because there's always something new. It is what it is. You authentic, know. isn't it? So yeah, well, yeah. And, and it's like, I just get used to telling people, you know, set aside an hour, but to be sure an hour and a half. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> but um, no, that is not what we're here today. We're not here to talk about technical difficulties or anything like that. Rhoda, uh, what I want you to do before we even get into the nitty gritty of what's going to happen in this podcast, which also is an amazing subject. And I'm so happy that you came to me with it. Um, I would actually like for you to describe uh, or introduce yourself in your own words to the listeners. Okay. So um, to be honest, I've got a lot to say in terms of like what I like about myself. So I'm Rhoda and I am actually a mom of three kids and I have been homeschooling for the past year I started homeschooling like just before lockdown kind of started and I was and I still am actually a project manager for a community organization so I deal with like funding applications I did like a lot of community work projects um I work specifically with like disadvantaged women and young people um and the past year um my business journey kind of like started and initially I started as a virtual assistant and now I'm a business coach so and I do have another business on the side as well which I am developing uh with my business partner so we've got a sustainable modest wear line um we've got a lot involved uh with that as well because not more than it's a it's it's more than the clothes. It's something that I've always been kind of like passionate about. And yeah, so that's a little about me. Um, I do a lot of different things, but um Mashallah. It's it's yeah. really amazing, you know, and I and I love it. I love hearing women who are like, I do this and I do like, you know, yeah. you can do several things and that's it's, true. it's that's a hundred percent true. And I think that's what I want like people to know because I feel like I see a lot of people always messaging me and they're like, Oh my god, how do you do it? And I think if you put your mind to it, anything is doable. And it's something that I've kind of like uh recognized myself recently because prior like when I had like my first child I I was like I remember like within the community itself like there's a lot of like negativity like oh my god you're gonna have this baby like are you ready like um are you sure like because I remember because I was meant to be like doing my third year of university and I just like kind of like quit that course and I started another and I just started like doing a whole new uh, degree and I was pregnant at the time and I did have my my son and then my daughter like literally a year after and I was still able to do everything and I was like oh my god I can't believe it. like this like everyone just tells you like so there's so much negativity around um getting things done as a woman yeah. like, oh my god you need to and there's like a date like they always put a time to um doing and achieving things um yeah. alhamdulillah like I never 
I did struggle a lot, like in terms of my mental health, but I never ever stopped myself because I, I'm the kind of person like I always like I want to try things out. I want to like um do like better than I like than I was like yesterday and like try and push myself. Mm. And then I think after I had like the kids, I was like, do you know, like my purpose, like I want them. I didn't want them to feel like me. I felt like I was never able to kind of like communicate my feelings, my thoughts, my ideas. Never do the things that I wanted to do for myself. Always thinking about what others think. And mm. yeah, that's basically. Yeah, I, I do find, I do think also it's such an interesting topic because um, a few yeah. episodes ago, I had yeah. this guest on Nasra Sharif, yeah. and she also spoke about being sort of like a multi creative person. Yeah. And she does like five different things. Yeah. And, you know, Alhamdulillah, everything is is working out for her. And I think yeah, I sometimes that. we have to, we, we, under appreciate how much we're actually capable of doing all at that's once and how much time we actually have in a day to get everything done Honestly, if we're that's true and it's something that I literally discovered like the past year because I am naturally like I like to do different things so I've got a degree in like science but to be honest like I've, I'm not interested in any science I like I know <laughs> like I was always like into like marketing and like talking to people and like psychology and like um a lot of different things and the past year has proven like um that that I'm capable of doing anything um so I did actually set up a blog which was actually meant to focus on like mental health and like uh just like general like skincare because I've always been into kind of like skincare mm. um and it was through the blog that I got into the virtual assistant what like the whole online space and the virtual assistant and now the business coaching and it was from mm. there like imagine like I never knew even how to even like set up a website or anything like that and I did everything like um by scratch like I literally set up everything just like doing my own like research my own learning like I spent hours and hours um doing so so if I can do it anyone can it really is you know like if if I can do it anyone can because I I do believe everyone can right but I think the thing is like we all have our personal obstacles and and yours was as you already kind of mentioned a little bit before you know around mental health you have had Mm -hmm. very severe anxiety throughout you know your life and 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 you've still done things, right? Yeah, and definitely. you know, most people relate to it. So, can you sort of take us back to, with with sort of like your journey with anxiety? When did it start? Um, so honestly, I I think I've always had anxiety um, as a child. Like I was, um, I used to wonder why I felt like a certain way, and I was never able to kind of communicate. And I would hear people like around me saying, "Oh, Rob is so shy. She's so shy." And they would say it in a like positive kind of like thing, like I'm not allowed. Like I would ne- I was like I was not able to kind of like speak up ever. Like I never ever um, had the courage to kind of like speak up and like kind of like, communicate my feelings and thoughts and ideas. None of that. Um, and it was always shut down with like, oh, she's shy, she's shy, she's shy. Like I just, even though like naturally, I've always been a very mature like person. Like I've always been like a, a mini adult. Like as a child, like I'll think about everything happening around me. Um, I'll think about my like my family, like making sure that my parents are like happy. Um, I am the eldest of like thirteen actually, so there's a lot. Like to be honest, there's a lot because we've always been like around like extended family, and there's a lot of like you know like uh comments and like trigger like loads of things that you hear that really like hurts your feelings but I was never able to be like oh don't like I was never able to communicate my feelings at all and I remember the number of times uh because we I actually come from a family where we've got a madrasa and like a big community and there's like um events happening all the time and I remember the number of times I'll be put on the spot to stand up and like do recitation of the Quran in front of like 200 people. 
Wow. And I'll be so anxious, I'll get the worst migraines ever. Like for as long as I remember, I think I was about seven, eight when I, I started getting like really, really severe migraines. And it's not normal. And I think everyone's like, oh, like, here we go again. She's got another migraine, that kind of thing. Mm. And I think with my mom, my dad, like, my, mashallah, alhamdulillah, like they've always been like my biggest supporters. But I feel like, you know, like my mom's always busy. Like she's always like, there's always a child and like very, very busy. My dad's like trying his best like to work. And it was a tough kind of like, uh, we've, went through quite a bit in terms of like that so we always had extended family around kind of like dictate to my parents like how they should be kind of like uh bringing us up so there's a lot involved and i would like take all of that in and i'll like literally i remember the number of times like every now i'll just like end up like just crying and like i used to wonder what was wrong with me like you know like when you don't know what's happening and you don't know like and you're not aware of any of this stuff and you just wonder like what's wrong like what's wrong with me why do I have to feel like why was I never ever like happy because I've got a sister my sister who's like a year younger than me and she's like naturally like she was always like um bubbly and everything so it's so I remember like people comparing them be like oh Fatima's like the loud child that's my sister um and and Rola's like the quiet one and it's not, it wasn't because I was quiet, just because I didn't know, like, I was feeling like this horrible, like, this thing that I couldn't, like, I, I wasn't aware. Till this, um, till this day, to be honest, um, I do get triggered by certain people who, who they, they, I feel like people, they, there's some people who, like, you know, the whole fixed mindset thing, there's people who never, like, they feel like, because they, they have never changed. They feel like you would never change and they'll treat you the same as they did when you were young. Yeah. And it yeah. really, and then those kind of things kind of like trigger you and it takes you back to that state where you feel like, oh my God, like it was, it's, it's horrible, honestly. And oh my, I've been nodding so much because I fully, I like, I see it. I recognize I, I it. So I, I, I reflect in what you're saying. I have been there. I have lived it. Yeah. You know, I've also had anxiety since I like was a toddler I think like was my first you get headaches and stuff or like did you feel anything? well that's the thing because it, it manifests itself differently mm. you know I had yeah. like panic attacks and yeah. such you know shaking you know yeah. peeing my pants stuff like that you know yeah. but you know later on now that I'm getting older you know it is taking on different you know yeah. you know points where it's, it's like headaches or feeling sick or tired or whatever mm. but it's just so funny because I think the thing about it is that nobody really understands that like the triggers can be or not the triggers the symptoms of anxiety can look so different yeah. you know to people so yours came out as migraines and then people being like oh there she goes again you know no, and it's like it's so severe like it was horrible yeah. like it's not normal like for a child to be getting such migraines like it was so horrible and imagine as an adult like when you get a migraine have you seen like how horrible it could be mm. like you end up like I always like used to end up like throwing up like I just um everything was like just like I couldn't live like a normal kind of like child like mm. childhood I I would say like I was just always like my mind was like always like busy and I was just wondering why I was like sick constantly so what was it like growing up with it then I mean did you find that it got like a little bit worse a little bit better Honestly, during I think as I reached teenage like when I like reach my kind of like teenagers it did get worse um mm. again you know like with the whole like when you hit puberty and everything's like all over the I remember it was so bad because I I don't know if I should mention this but um I remember like when I started my first period and I didn't mm. miss my mom it was so bad it was so mm. like I couldn't tell my mom, like, I didn't know how to communicate. Like, I just didn't know how to. And I remember yeah. like, when my mom found out, like, after, like, she must have found out at least two months, like, the ne not my, not the next cycle, it was, like, the cycle after that. 
And I remember I wouldn't even ask for a pad. I would use tissue and I had like rashes all over my thighs because I didn't know how to like those kind of things. It's, 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 it was horrible. Like I literally feel emotional saying this, but mm. it wasn't that bad. Like it was so. Oh, I'm so sorry that that that's the emotions that like it awakens. But I guess it's just like thinking back on it and thinking about like, yeah. I think that's the thing about anxiety and like generally mental health. It yeah. it makes you feel so alone, like you can't share with someone, and it's so emotional going back to those moments and really acknowledging like, I didn't feel like I could even tell my mum, you know, like that you feel that isolated from yeah. from people, yeah. you know. And I think as I grew older, you know, like when you see. Uh, when you wonder because there's a lot of things that are like taboo in the community and you don't mm. anyone talking about this stuff then it hits you even more and you're like oh my god like what do I do so me naturally I've always been this person like who's always wanting to like know more so I'm always reading up researching learning and I think that has been the thing that kind of like helped me a lot like I was I'll try and figure out what like I'll read up like I'll read up research read do as much as possible to figure out what was kind of like what's happening you know just try to understand but um, did anybody at that time speak about you know anxiety or depression or mental health did anybody yeah no, no. no one spoke about it at all mm-hmm. um did you know how to search for that or were you searching for no, I'll just look at our, like feet like just like um not the actual word like anxiety but you know like just like general like um how like emotions and how we feel and all of that stuff um and then slowly slowly because I got I really like I was so passionate about psychology that's when I kind of like started reading up more about like how we work and like how we function like I remember like I think I was really fascinated with like whole um the aspect of like you know the biological aspect of like psychology you know how uh for example like stress and how it affects you mentally as well as physically that's when I kind of like that's when I started my sort of like my own little journey of trying to slow myself like try to calm myself but then even then I didn't know like I still didn't know what to do like I still didn't know um I I had like a couple of good friends who I could like kind of like talk to and like um I didn't really say like I didn't um I didn't really talk about oh I um that it was a mental health thing it was just like you know general when I tell them like I'm down and I don't know why and those kind of things Mm. um so when did you when did you get like the diagnosis I mean when did you find out that it was anxiety um I would say to be honest like I've I've not like I didn't really do anything about it until like I was um I I would say around around 1920 like when I was like Mm -hmm. in university and I was just wondering like you know like it was I was struggling a lot because I was actually doing radiotherapy and oncology and I would travel for like two hours from London to Reading to go to a hospital placement and I was struggling so much to kind of like connect with like uh um, the staff members like I would struggle so much I didn't feel comfortable at all um yeah. the, like it was literally around that time when I like when I was like do you know what? like when I when I kind of like decided like I need to actually find out like what's wrong like it's mm-hmm. the migraines are still ongoing like it was so bad like all the time every especially when I like when I'm around like a lot of people or um it was really bad honestly like it's just yeah. Around that time when I kind of like figured out, um, but in terms of like doing a lot about it, I think it's after I had my son because it actually became I actually had postnatal depression, which made things. How old were you uh, then? Um, I was twenty three. Twenty three. Um, when I had my son, well, I was almost twenty four when I had my son, and that's when I kind of like I only seeked help the year after when I had my sec my daughter, which was uh, everything was unplanned. So I had 
Uh, there was a year, there's a year exactly between them. Uh, yeah. I remember like struggling crazy. Like it was so bad because it was just like, you know, like my hormones were all over the place. I wasn't fully recovered. So it was really, really bad. Like it was, it was not normal. And I, and, and then even then it's just because I never, I didn't hear anyone talking about it in the community. So I hid it. I kept, I kept it to myself until I actually spoke to the GP about the whole like feeling like suicidal and like, you know, like not having that connection with the kid like yeah. at all. Like, and I was like thinking, oh my God, like, wh- like, why do I feel like this? I, you know, like you see all these like, so like in my comments, I'll see like um, my aunties or my cousins and they all have kids and everything. I didn't see that like happening. Like for me, I was wondering why I was not connecting. Um, because I, I did tell my mom after, like, I had my second, and I told her I felt like this and this, and she was like, why did you not speak to me? Like, why did you not, why did you not, like, kind of communicate your feelings? And the thing is, um, the reason why I didn't communicate my feelings is just because I never, I've never heard anyone talk about it in my community no. at all. I have no. an instance where I spoke to someone, mentioned something about, you know, mental health and how you should seek help, and she was like, no way, don't go to the GP because you can get sectioned. I was like, I'm not going to continue the conversation. I'm just going to end it there because. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's, there's def- that's definitely not a good way to approach the subject with someone who's coming over to speak to you about mental health to just no, take it not. straight to the extreme. No. Um, but but I, I kind of want to sort of, um, so you got the diagnosis when you were around 19, 20, and then there's a few years before you get your son. I mean, what did, what happened when you got the diagnosis? Did you feel like you could speak to other people? Was there some clarity around what was happening? Um, slightly, because around the time, um, I was so confused as to like what I wanted to do um like in terms of like studying and like career-wise that kind of thing and I would like just listen to so I actually wanted to do psychology funnily enough and I actually um so what I did was I took a year off and then during that year I actually got a job um as a project coordinator for a community organization it was my first ever kind of like job when I was working and it was actually so it was like a community organization that kind of like promoted um outdoors and wildlife to the to like uh refugee women like because they don't really kind of like just to kind of like promote like mental health and like taking them out and like that kind of thing and then within the project itself there was a life coach there and that was my first ever kind of like um experience with a life coach and this life coach every friday would go to arsenal stadium in london and I would follow her, like I was her assistant basically, and we'll carry like all the, all the resources and everything required. And she'll sit down with a group of women. And it was amazing to see, like she'd work with them. They're all like refugee women who've never worked, never studied nothing. They would just like sit in circles. And I remember she was doing like, you know, the wheel of life. I remember like that clearly. And I was so like, I was like, wow, do you know what? This is something that I'm actually very interested in. Like I want to be mm. able to help these, like these kind of people. Um, and then I did apply to do a degree in psychology. And then um, I did, I remember because it was a university called Goldsmith University. And I remember attending that interview and it went really, really well because I could see like, you know, when you're like really passionate about things. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, guess what? I decided to forget about it because I, when I told like certain people that I was going to do psychology, like what is psychology going to do for you? You're not going to get nothing. You're not going to get a career. There's like a lot of people who've done psychology and they've got no jobs. I so I didn't listen to like I you know like the whole thing got triggered again and like I was I was so confused and I, I and then I just left that and then I ended up doing 
uh, I did like a couple of weeks of physiology and an alerta, and then I did radiotherapy and oncology. And I know with within all of that, it's just because of the whole anxiety thing and like trying to please everyone else and not myself. I was all over the place in terms of like what I wanted, yeah. like what goals. I did you feel like when you got that like that calling to to go into psychology? Did you feel like that did something also for your mental health? Honestly, for your I was really happy. I was so yeah. happy because we had to do like a. It was an interview and you know generally with interviews because I with the whole anxiety thing I struggle so much but that interview was so amazing like I was so happy it was so yeah. nice connecting like um to the lady who was like kind of like doing the interview and it was nice like it was a I, I when I think about it it's like one of those you know like happy memories where you can remember exactly it was a nice sunny day it was so beautiful you know how London oh, was so nice it was so nice and I remember like it was like one of these like old buildings and like um I could literally remember like sitting. Yeah, and, it's a yeah. great memory. You want to keep it intact, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so but, good. And um, it, I, I did struggle a lot after that and regretted my decision a lot. But having that mm. now, I'm happy that I've, they're all experienced things that I've experienced that I wouldn't want for like my children or my siblings and, you know. Um, But I guess also because, you know, not doing that, you still got to the point now where you are coaching and helping other people. So now I'm like, um, even though that did not happen at that time when I was 19, I'm almost 31 now. And alhamdulillah, I'm so happy like with what, like the progress that I've made. And Mm. this progress is only, I've only started like this whole like journey the past year, like proper, like serious. And I started investing in um, coaches, like, um, Thinking about myself, honestly, like doing things for myself, because I know like when I do things for myself, I know that I'm, like my kids are, I'm happy and my kids are happy and my husband, like the whole family, we're all happy. So that's yeah. the thing. And there's a lot of like um, things involved, like with regards to like, me trying to push myself. Absolutely. I agree. And I think it's one of the the missing links, especially when we're um, in as Muslim women, ethnic women, you know, when we're being, when we're raising the next generations of daughters to remember to teach them as well that the prioritizing of self is just as important 100%. as the priority of the husband and the kids, you know, that there's also something to be said about making sure you're okay, that your cup is full. Otherwise there's nothing to give to others that's from, you know, true. that's the thing. So I remember, cause you know, when I told like when, the, like um, with the person with depression, I remember my son was like one, like it was, it went on for a while and, I remember how like I would always snap, like I'll be so angry, I'll scream at them, like shout at them. And I was thinking in my head, oh my God, like when I think back, like it's so sad. These are little kids that, you know, like with, that's how they communicate. They communicate like crying, they can feel the tension and the stress. And I would like just snap. Like I was like, I don't want to be doing that to them. Like, and it's it's um, interesting enough, my son actually um had and like I I could see anxiety kind of like I could see like bits of anxiety in him so uh, mm-hmm. when he was at school and everything like he would it was really bad this is the reason why I kind of like started the homeschooling um homeschooling him as well because um I remember it was like in reception and would like pick him up from school and like he would urinate on himself like and it was happening all the time and I don't think and I didn't see any of the teachers being like supportive or anything like trying to like there was no support at all so I was like oh I don't want this happening like I wouldn't want that thing happening to him so I think those kind of things kind of like pushed me towards like um like my self-development journey like I want 
I want him to like I want them to be strong enough like I want them to be able to communicate with me I want to be there for them like all the time like I want us to have like you know that positive communication and like sharing our own like our emotions feelings and thoughts yeah absolutely and I think it's such an important component as you said yourself you know like growing up feeling like you couldn't speak to someone about it and I do think that makes mental um any mental illness for that matter that much worse because you you feel isolated and alone in it and and quite often with uh mental health um disorders you know just talking about it acknowledging it you know accepting that it's there sometimes can you know take the edge off quite often I think that's yeah it's 100% true I think when I kind of like uh just my own little reflections and the kind of things the kind of steps I took in order for me to kind of like um kind of like uh help myself yeah I think and and one of the things that we kind of spoke about before we started recording is um because I asked you would would you consider yourself a a person with high functioning anxiety you know and you said yes because I think there's such a misunderstanding of what anxiety has to look like you know and and I think for because I also consider myself a a person with high functioning anxiety because a lot of people would know looking at me and what I do that I have like severe crippling anxiety you know but but I do but I'm also a very bubbly person when I go out I still have a job I set up my business I do my things I'm da 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 da, you know doing everything and I get the same vibe from you that you're still out there you're still trying to do things with your life Mm -hmm. but there's there's something in the back that's also pushing that's i that's very true 100 percent. um and i think it's it's super true because this week was hectic uh with the whole like i was moving and everything like and i did get triggered a lot and i felt like i was going back to, you know like you forget like it's so easy for you to forget like all that self-development um the coping strategies and all like yeah. i literally forgot like i was like in that horrible state and I, you know, like it's really hard. Like you need to, like now the things I, because I understand, like my my, like I understand like my emotions, and my and I know like when I'm triggered and like try to get myself back so that I'm uh, okay. So like one mm. of the things that I did, like because I was, I did actually take a little time off, like work and like doing things and everything. Um, and I remember, like you know, like when you do take that time off, and then you have that this anxiety like um, situation happening, you do want to kind of like just not go back like you just mm. feel like I don't want to do this anymore like I I had those thoughts um I had a client call on Thursday evening and I remember she was like do you I because uh, I, I tried to make, make excuses and be like uh what do you think about Friday instead and it's just it's not because I, I was busy or anything I just didn't feel com- like I just because I was in that state yeah the anxiety was getting in the way <laughs> yeah, so I felt like yeah but I think because the fact that I kind of like pushed through and I and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to make time and I'm going to do everything. And I, I had my um, so I had that's when I kind of like went back into my normal kind of like routine last um, Thursday evening. And then Alhamdulillah, like slowly, slowly, even like with this, I was like, I think I need to kind of like uh, I was I literally was having like horrible thoughts. Like I was like, oh, maybe next week, maybe the week after, you know, that whole procrastination thing. You just feel like. You just want to sleep, like you want to stay in that state for such a long time, and it's horrible. 
Yeah, no, I, again, I fully recognize it. And, and I think it's, it's, it's so important to remember that, you know, like when you have something, especially like anxiety, you try to escape from it because you feel like you're in danger for some, for some strange reason. Yeah. And I recognize all of it, the trying to postpone things, the trying to get out of like um, agreements with people. I'm like constantly trying to sort of like get out of it because it feels unsafe for me. And I know that even though it is like just the, like my brain playing tricks on me, It feels very real, and the physical effects of it are are draining, you know. Honestly, so to speak. that's true. Yep. Yeah. So what I want to do is um, actually as well, um, first of all, thank you so very much up until this point for your honesty. It really is so valued and appreciated. Um, but I would love it if also you could share a little bit about um, some of the symptoms that you get. Um, I think mainly for this reason is because I find that when I speak about yeah. the different types of symptoms that I have for either my anxiety or my depression, people are like, oh my God, I didn't even realize maybe I should check and stuff. And because especially something like anxiety really manifests itself differently to different people. Because for yeah. instance, you said you had the headaches when you were yeah. a child. I never had a headache when I was a child, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but can you some, kind of speak a little bit into what, what an anxiety, what anxiety so looks like? What, um, thinking like now, like recently, like what I, what happens to me is I'll like, you know, like these thoughts come into your head, like these horrible thoughts like everything like you know like usually everything's like nice and calm for example like even when I'm driving I'll start panicking and I feel like I get really tense and mm. really nervous like and I'm and I've been driving for years and I've driven like across countries and everything and I'll go into this horrible state where you know like these little things come into your head oh my god imagine I have an accident like horrible thoughts come into my head um I do get the headaches as well like really really like severe headaches and then recently definitely you know like panic attacks where I can't breathe I'll be like like I just for no reason like imagine like sometimes I'm just sitting there and it just happens and I'm just not able to kind of like um breathe it's mm. really horrible and with the breathing like with the panic attacks and everything for me it's just something that I've noticed like as I grew or like um as like um during my adult like mm. now like recently um yeah. before I didn't actually have like the whole breathing thing it's just like I'll panic but I didn't have like I, I literally can't breathe you know like with the whole um panic attacks um yeah. the other thing is lately like um because of like the whole movie my sister's been coming to help out I've got a cousin who lives by I didn't even want like I didn't feel comfortable like having like I just wanted to go in a little corner and just like cry because all I want like you, I have I'll just get really really like emotional I just wanted like mm. like baller like literally just go in a corner and just like cry 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 that's it for like and I don't know why and I don't have no reason why that's the thing that other, the thing that hits me the most is the fact that you just feel like this for no reason and you don't know how to explain I just feel low like I don't know how to explain like I just it's so bad like I should be great like you know like in your head like oh you should be grateful and everything but I can't like you know you just can't stop those thoughts coming to your head it's, it's yeah yeah they, they really they have a way of really pushing yeah. their way to the forefront and kind of getting rid of reason and logic in yeah, the same whole, like negative uh thinking like that comes along with it and a whole another thing I get that happens to me a lot that's um it's you know like when you're worried about something like something's about to happen like something bad is going to happen yeah. I'll get that sudden like war like I'll just start worrying and I don't know what it is and I, it's mm -hmm. really bad because I feel like I feel really drained like physically as well like I just 
for me, like, I feel really shaky, like when I start worrying. I don't know if it's a panic attack as well, but it's it's so bad sometimes. Yeah, so it's like it can look very opposite. So someone can be like, no, well, when I have anxiety, I get really drained and tired. And someone else could be like, no, because when I have anxiety, I, I, yeah. I get a lot of energy and I feel like I need to go out and use the energy and the adrenaline rush. And it's like, but it can be both. That's and really so it can be true. really you know it can kind of um yeah it just kind of is the opposite of itself yeah. sometimes you know yeah. but the thing about anxiety is it is of for a mental disorder it is very physical yeah you know it manifests itself so physically you know, I think 100% agree with that like um when if when you're like talking about like you kind of like reflect reflect on it right now it's true 100% mm-hmm. so I'm like naturally like very slim but I'm like, I'm always feeling so lethargic. I'm always feeling so weak, so drained. And I know at times it's so, so like, it's really bad. And lately it has been really bad. And I think that could be like, you know, the whole like, the whole like trigger thing. Like, it's so bad. And my husband's like, I slept the same time as you. What's wrong? And I'm like, I just want to sleep. I don't feel okay. I just feel really, really, you know, like when you feel sick, but you don't know why. So I, yeah, and it's sort of like a coping mechanism is the the wanting to escape from it. So the natural reaction I know for myself is every time I feel like I have anxiety, I, you know, you could ask my husband, he'd say the same. I'm like, I think I'm going to go up and lie down. You know, yeah. that's my that's my go to to escape my mind, so to that's speak. You know? That's me all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I you know, yesterday I was like, do you know what? I think I might need to up my um, vitamin intake because I know, like, I do, I do need to work on like my um, uh, health anyways. Like, I need to eat well mm. and like, but it's it was so bad. Like, it's been so bad. Like, I just feel so drained. I just got up the stairs and I just, I feel like it's so bad. Like, I just feel like yeah. I'm about to drop. So, like, but the thing is, you know, and I think that's the the, the positive thing um, with with meeting you and yeah. and you know you speaking up about it is because you're yeah. still going through with life. You know, yeah. you're not allowing your anxiety yeah. to get in the yeah. way. You know, and mashallah, you're doing so many amazing things. You know, and you're you're such an approachable person and everything. So when I talk to someone like one to one, they're like, oh my god, like um, I could like like I connect with people easily naturally but it's so funny because of the anxiety thing I never I was always that person like you know like in, in events I'll stand in a little corner I would expect them to come and talk to me but when I do talk to people and everything and it's only now that I'm realizing that I'm able to kind of like like I would have not done a podcast ever I it's only last uh, a couple of like two months ago that I did my first ever like podcast there's so many things that I've stopped myself from doing that I'm trying to do right now and I feel like in my head I was like oh my god I can never do this but to be honest I think if it was just it was just my it was just my mind but it's it's the anxiety that plays tricks and I think it's so important when you do have something like anxiety to push back you know because it will lie and it will you know you know limit your life and your life experiences and adventures and everything so it really is important sometimes to be like okay I know my anxiety is saying don't do this don't talk to these people don't do a podcast don't set up a business but I think for me especially and I think it'll be the same for you is that pushback to challenge the anxiety back also yeah. to prove a point that the anxiety doesn't rule your life yeah. you're it's just there you know <laughs> yeah. so that's that's the reason why I've, I've accepted like that's why I was like oh do you know what I I'd love to I've, I know you've got a podcast and everything and I would love to feature like in my head before I'll, I'll think so many things will come into my head like who do you think you are like what makes you like special to kind of like feature in a podcast mm. little things that come into your head and, and but now I've reached the stage where 
I'm like, do you know what? Like, just go for it. Like, just try things out. There's nothing wrong with like trying things out. Yeah, but and living a full successful life, even though you have a mental disorder, yep. you know, even though you're struggling with something, it doesn't mean that your whole life have, has to revolve around it. You know, That's it's true. it's a part of your life. It's there. We accept it. We acknowledge it. Yep. But we can still go out and be successful. We can still go That's out and be mothers. True. We can still go out and be wives and start yeah. businesses. Yeah. You know, mashallah, we can still be, you know, um, devout. We can still practice our religion, you know. Exactly. And the anxiety is there and we yeah. definitely have to put time aside to deal with it one way or another. But it's not dictating our lives. A hundred percent. I agree with that, um, honestly. Like, and it's just like the past year, like since I started like my whole self-development journey and I started my businesses, I could see a big change even in like my Iman. Like I like I've been practicing gratitude a lot for the first time ever. And I could feel, you know, like this I could feel that connection. Like I feel like like it's been years since I felt like, you know, like I, I even though like I wear the hijab and I cover and everything, and my family like they're like um Muslim te- Quran teachers and everything. I didn't yeah. I felt like my Iman has been low for years, like so low. Like I didn't feel I, I like you know like you just pray like you just like even when you want to read the Quran like uh, it's it's a job like it's a whole chore like literally trying to open the Quran and read but this year alhamdulillah like I feel like for the first time in years I feel that connection and as a result like I feel that um you know that peaceful like you just feel at peace there's still a lot yeah. that I need to be doing but I feel that peace and I can see the results in my home my own like a kind of like development my work my business and everything the connections that I've made um meeting people like you like that's something I would have never done like before um even the whole co- coaching thing like it's something like naturally like I've always been that person like I always give like strategies to people and like I've always done it like for free I never thought of it as something that you could do like you know like as a business mm. um investing in myself has been the best thing to be honest like um investing in a coach I remember like the first coach that I kind of invested in I had nothing like we had no money my husband just started university he, he didn't have, like, you know, like, when the whole corona thing happened, it was, like, during the lockdown, like, serious lockdown, and we had mm. no money, nothing, and he just started, like, uni, and he's not working as well, um, and alhamdulillah, like, within a couple of weeks after, like, paying, like, because uh, I was doing it in installments, within a couple of weeks, yeah. um, as I started, like, set up the whole virtual assistant business, um, I was able to pay back the money and make even more. What you said, you know, about, you know, your dean has also improved in the last year or so. Plus, you know, finding your way with business and being able to invest in yourself and take care of yourself and prioritize. I think all of that goes hand in hand because I think also that exact same thing that happened to me, you know, the moment I sort of acknowledged, okay, this anxiety, this is what's going on. And I started prioritizing myself was the moment that I found God again. I reverted to Islam. I started coming through with a more authentic voice and I think that's probably also what you've been feeling you're just being more authentically you definitely that's the thing so like with the whole uh like you know what the reason why I kind of like stopped the virtual assistant stuff was the whole I felt like there was a lot of false like marketing happening and like I didn't feel I I felt really uncomfortable there's a lot involved like I just felt really uncomfortable and I was learning a lot about myself and I felt like you know like with the whole like um my my, my little experiences that I've had I was like do you know what like I want to be able to do the, like things authentically I want to be able to actually help someone like I really you know like I'm, I want money and like I want it to be a business and everything but I want to do this like to the best of my ability without mm-hmm. me like doing any false like marketing without me like hyping myself up none of that and alhamdulillah like honestly like 
um, as soon as I've started like doing that, you know, like just talking to people, like when you, when I like, for example, like imagine you're a potential client and I'm talking to you, connected without me selling, this person like mm. will be like, oh wow, like I want to know more about your service. And this, yes. for me, that's a sign, like that's amazing, like for me to see like this whole authentic, like, you know, the whole authenticity. It's a vibe, honey. It's a vibe and people are feeling it and I'm yeah. feeling it and I'm <laughs> loving it for you. It suits you. Oh, honey, we are coming up on time. So before we leave, I'd love to give the listeners a chance to connect with you further. So what would you like to tell the listeners? Where should they go and find you? How can they work with you? The spotlight is yours, honey. So I did mention that I've got a sustainable uh, fashion line and you can find, so you can follow us like on Lacaro Designs London. Uh, we did actually just launch back in December, so we're pretty new. Uh, in terms of like my business coaching, you can find me at um, RI Virtual on Instagram, and I'm like I'll be happy to like connect, communicate, talk. Like um, I'm I'm there for like anyone. Yeah, we're obviously going to put all the um, links in the show notes, so do yeah. make sure that you go and um, give her a follow and connect with her over on Instagram and check out the fashions. I've already seen a couple of things yeah. that are really beautiful. So everyone should keep their eyes peeled. And my business partner actually custom makes certain, so if anyone's like interested in like custom made kind of like clothing um, pieces, she's doing that as well. And we do have Even another project. So uh, alongside like the whole like fashion, like we, we do want to kind of like create a podcast and everything like, based on like empowering like women, helping other women kind of like set up their own like businesses. So yeah, there's a lot coming up, inshallah, but everything should be inshallah. kind of like revealed like on the Instagram pages. Inshallah. Uh, well, we'll definitely keep you in our duas and, you know, let me know when you're doing the podcast, I'll come around and then I'll be a guest. Uh, on I'll yes. You can be like, <laughs> our first guest. I'm so happy to be doing this because you know like once upon a time the old Roda would have been like panicking like I would lose like I wouldn't even be able to say anything because like I literally I'll go blank that's how bad it was like it, I'll just leave yeah. go blank but alhamdulillah like I, I love this uh, it's really nice and um, I look forward to connecting more inshallah um, yeah, and, and yeah and hopefully uh, hopefully I'll see you in the Cairo designs very soon oh of course yes I'm 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 already on it sis I'm on. <laughs> well thank you so much for sharing your story I know that there's so many listeners who are really going to value your honesty and your vulnerability in this episode it's been absolutely amazing having you on um I will catch up with you inshallah over on Instagram probably or Clubhouse we'll see which one comes first thank you so much salam alaikum honey salam take care Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapedison.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.